Swain Event and SwainEvent.com. Feel by Dead End Barbecue. Top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Hope you are having a great morning. It is hump day. It is October the 6th. Four minutes past the top of the hour. Ben McKee, Jason Swain, live from the Low T Center Studio. 865-255-03 is our number to the Iris Network's hotline. Hour one is brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. My man, Ben. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, man. I'm looking forward to uh, the show today as we get closer to South Carolina, Tennessee on Saturday, noon game. Another opportunity to go out there and and, uh, improve, get better, take another step forward as a football program. Uh, But this team, it seems to be closer and closer by the day. Uh, as illustrated on Tennessee Prime by Kate Mays and, and Ollie Lane, it was a it was a nice, good show. Uh, second week where we've had the O line boys, OLP O line play, dominated by both guests being offensive linemen. Last week it was Darnell Wright, Kate Mays. This week it was Ollie Lane and Kate Mays and uh, Kate. Got SEC honors, uh, lineman of the week. And so, uh, if you missed any part of that show last night, Tennessee Prime Augustus Fried Chicken, I encourage you to go back and check it out. It was really, 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 really cool to hear um, just the details about offensive line play and things that you don't think about or you don't hear probably anywhere else uh, as it relates to Tennessee, Tennessee football. So, go check that out. I encourage you to do so. Uh, today, today, we are scheduled to have Savelle Newton on, uh, former Gamecock wide receiver, played quarterback, played for Steve Spurrier. Um, I'm so proud of him right now uh, just because but he's, he's impacting lives. And uh, I know he's going through some 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 rough a rough patch, but uh, man, he seems very very happy, and he always like to talk a little trash around Tennessee, South Carolina. So him and I, uh, we were roommates actually at the East West Shrine um, Bowl down in uh, in Houston. So uh, Savell's a good good dude, very very talented. I think he can sing, like, for real, for real. And I think he can play, like, piano or something. I know he can sing. I know he's very, very talented uh, when it comes to music. We'll have to ask him, maybe put him on the spot when he joins us. But it's always good to talk to Savelle. Can you play any instruments? Mm, Nah. I can bebop. Bebop. It's, that's all I got, man. That's all I got. Now, when I was when I was uh, younger, I had a trombone. I had a trombone, and I would play it, but I never got any lessons. So I've asked you this before, but what instrument could you play, or would you learn to play if you had to sit down and learn how to play an instrument? Uh, you have asked me this before. Huh. I think so. It feels like we've had this conversation. Hmm. It'd be the saxophone for me. Uh, you gonna go, you gonna go Kenny G, huh? Mm-hmm. You gonna put on a wig too? I'm going down to 
New Orleans. You know, Kenny the streets. G with, the, with the glasses and the long curly hair. <laughs> if you can play saxophone, man, you should be able to get a date. I, I love the sound of the saxophone. Fun fact, my boy Kari, he, he plays the saxophone. He's good at it, too. I think, I think, I think saxophone's a good one. Piano was another one. I wanted to play the piano, just just didn't follow through with taking lessons as a, as a youngster. Saxophone or guitar, th- those are the ones that always appealed to me. I'm going I'm, yeah, I'm to I'm have to go with the piano, man. I wasn't a huge fan of music class growing up. Wasn't, wasn't my cup of tea. Yeah, me neither. The well, recorder, I'm, the I'm good. Yeah, we got a couple recorders up in here, the yes. kiddos, but... But piano, man, because piano, you can, like, they're everywhere. I mean, you go to a nice hotel, they're just sitting there. You're like, oh, yeah, let me let me crack my knuckles. Let me show these folks how you do it. Let me show them I still got it. So I'll probably go piano, man. I think that would be really cool. Pull out the John Legend on y'all. 865-255-03. Ben, did you know we were playing South Carolina this weekend? I did. We are. We, we play in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Bright and early, twelve o'clock. Who was we? Who was we, Ben? Uh, everybody who follows Tennessee. Last time I checked, I will be at the game watching it, but I'm not playing. I I say that because there's a lot of fans that have looked past South Carolina. I, I wouldn't look past South Carolina, but this this is a South Carolina team that Tennessee should beat, and I I'm expecting the best performance from Tim Banks' defense this week. That this offensive this offense from South Carolina is just bad. Struggle on third down, they struggle to finish drives or score touchdowns. Period. Haven't been able to get anything going on the ground. Been dealing with offensive line issues all season. Luke Doty, his best strength is his athleticism and his ability to scramble around and make plays, and he hasn't been able to do so because he dealt with a foot injury the first two games of the year. They kept him out the first two games of the year and seems to be lingering. They commit a ton of penalties. Just this South Carolina offense does not scare you whatsoever on paper. So – I wouldn't look past South Carolina, but Tennessee should should take care of business on Saturday if if they show up the way that they did on Saturday against Missouri. The conversation yesterday has been more about jerseys and Ole Miss game because that game was announced on Monday. The time was announced on Monday. There's going to be a night game. <clears throat> so the conversation amongst the fan base – was about the Ole Miss game, finally getting a night game. Um, former Tennessee coach Lane Kiffin coming back, the possibility of wearing those uniforms in that game. And that's okay. That's okay because we're not playing against South Carolina. We're not preparing for South Carolina. We're not watching film on South Carolina. We don't know the personnel in the, in the depth chart. In the scout report, we don't know that stuff that Tennessee knows because 
we're not playing. So I think sometimes because of what we say and what we think and the conversations that go on inside the fan base, we automatically assume that the team, the guys that we playing, the coaches that will be coaching during the game, that they're looking past South Carolina. They can't look past anybody. We're not good enough to do that. We had one game, one game where offensively we were, we were great, defensively we were great. That is one game. You don't get a crown because of one game, because of one thing that you've done. These guys have already moved past it because you have to. Carolina can come in here and beat our butts if, if we're not locked in on our business. But they'll be locked in on their business. They will be. And so, fans, no need to be worried just because you and we are having conversations that include what's going to happen next week in uniforms. These players are locked in on the next, on the next opponent. They're not good enough to be overlooking anybody. We're not good enough to be looking overlooking anybody. We're still pointing at the small details, making sure that those are being covered. We let one slip against Pittsburgh, but you live and you learn. You improve, and that's what Tennessee has done. You can't afford to do that again, and I don't think we will, especially a noon game. The way our guys are, man, we usually don't practice and in class by by noon, lunchtime. <laughs> so it won't be a case where guys are like trying to wake up. We've always been up. We've always been ready to go. Well, this season. Um hasn't there, been a slow start this year. It's, no, it hasn't it's been, been the the second quarter woes that have been Tennessee in games. Exactly. Which is weird. Any any theory as as to why so great in the first quarter and why there's there's been a drastic difference in the second quarter? Not in the Missouri game, but Pitt, Florida, Bowling Green. Uh, I think the, the opponent adjusts. They adjust. I mean, I think you got to give the, some credit to the opponent. So they get hit with this up-tempo pace. And last night during Tennessee Prime – I asked K, like, all right, guys, what, what, at what point in the game did y'all really, really see Mizzou struggle? He was like eight plays in. I was like, oh my gosh, eight plays in? Y'all just woke up. You're supposed to have all the energy in the world in the morning, the beginning of the game. Eight plays in, the tempo and everything was affecting them. They had defensive linemen looking to the sideline, tapping their helmets. Eight plays in. So, first quarter, we have been able to be successful, jump on opponents. And then I think you got to give credit to the opponent, to the coaching staff on the opposite sideline, that they have made some adjustments and countered. Because that's what football games are. Football games are like a 12-round knockout fight, heavyweight fight. Speaking of that, what excuse you think De- uh, DeAndre Wilder going to come up with against Tyson Fury this, this weekend? Was that last weekend? No, it's this weekend, this it's Saturday. This weekend. This Saturday, I'm pumped for it. I'm pumped for it. I uh, I'm glad it's late. Glad Tennessee plays an early game so I can so I can watch it. I don't know what excuse he'll come up with. 
he'll come up with one. Although, if you lose the trilogy, can you can can you come up with with an excuse? Can't you can't when you lose the odd number of, of a series? It's, it's time it's time to accept defeat. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. Accept defeat. So, who do you want to win? I don't really care. Uh, well, reminder that Deontay Wilder is, a bammer. is a bammer and uh, the bammers are rooting for him. Go Tyson Fury. That's right. I'm, I'm all about some Tyson Fury. I love his personality, even aside from this particular fight. Cool story too. It, I, I hate that we don't get boxing matches the way that we used to. Seems like because boxing back not, in the day and before boxing is not the same. Yes, correct. And before I, before my time came around, seems like there's a, a a great fight all the time, once a month, and now it's just like once a every two three years. Get on uh, Ultimate Fighting UFC. That's that's taking the place of of, of boxing. There used to be real, real brawling going on inside the other ring. That's not the case anymore. Not the case. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the phones. We got somebody holding on line one. Ben is answering the phones on line two. And so on line one, let's get to TriStar Vol. Good morning, TriStar Vol. Hey, Jason. <clears throat> Hope you guys are doing well. And uh, I want to say I truly love uh, what you do Tuesday nights with Kate. Um, I mean, just hearing them talk and cut up and, you know, making fun of Ollie about the, you know, putting the armbands on his uh, arm. I mean, that's, you can really tell that those guys are actually have a bond and, uh, and they're really fighting for each other. Uh, the number one thing I want to say is either Missouri defensive line and defense was so bad or we just had them completely confused the whole game. Um, you could tell they looked like our defense the last couple of years. Uh, running running around, didn't have a clue what was going on, and I didn't feel like they were giving but about 60% effort. I don't know if you noticed that also. But this Saturday, I think, will tell how big of a change we've uh, we've made. Uh, I don't know if you guys feel the same way. Yeah, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't think Mizzou came ready to play. I thought they gave up early in the game, and that doesn't take any credit away from Tennessee because Tennessee made them do it. Um, I saw I saw one Mizzou fan um, on Twitter that was trying to respond to a Tennessee fan said, "Man, Tennessee out here getting coaches fired," and the Mizzou fan was like, "That was going to happen anyways." Uh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> If Tennessee would have got beat by Mizzou and the D-line from Mizzou would have played well, that coach wouldn't have got fired. The coach got fired because they got mopped up in the running game. So, I didn't, something was off, man. Something was off with that Mizzou team. And then you saw a tweet from a um, player that was subtweeting, talking about the, the what works for you know players as far as coaching and not being – disrespected and yelled at or something like that. Um, so I saved it because um, I know he was going to delete it. But, like, you can just tell something's going on in Missouri. Um, but Tennessee certainly will have a different challenge this weekend. You're not going to get that from South Carolina. They're going to play hard. Oh, yeah. Well, I appreciate everything you guys do. I'll hang up with Hey, thank you, my friend. 
865-255-503. We'll take our first break of the day. Go back to the phones, 865-255-03. Hour one, brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, Electrical. If you want to get in on the conversation, call the Iris Network hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Network's high-speed fiber internet. irisnetworksusa.com. If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill, also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Stephen Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the big orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill. Or call 865-693-5400. Good morning, Swain Event family. Several of you, like Ben McKee, have reached out to me for real estate assistance this year, and I want to say thank you. I appreciate your trust in me to ask questions and help you navigate the real estate world. That's right, Jennifer. Buying a home is a scary process, especially for a first-time home buyer. Jennifer recently helped my wife and I buy our first home and made the entire process seamless. Her willingness to go above and beyond is what sets her apart. As always, feel free to give me a call. Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty, 865-257-7897, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knox Hill for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you, so you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done, and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. 
Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. For a replay of each day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook. Swain Event and SwainEvent.com, Fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Let's bring in Justin, who is calling from Florida this morning. Justin, good morning, sir. Hey, good morning, guys. How we doing? Man, we are great. You okay? You sound you sound sleepy over there. No, 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 man. They're just uh, just uh, getting up, getting going. Stayed up late last night watching the Red Sox and the Yankees play. Ben, how we doing this morning? Not great. Yeah, kind of figured. I, I will say this, and I know it didn't. Uh, the game didn't, you know, go your way. But you got to admit, when the Red Sox and Yankees are playing in a game that means that much, it's a good thing overall for baseball because that was a really cool atmosphere to see in Fenway last night. I mean, and there was a ton of Yankee fans there. Would you agree? No, you're you're absolutely spot on. I'm sure when the ratings come out this morning, they'll be sky high, and it is great for baseball for sure. Yeah, yeah, and they need they need more of those rivalries. I think it would help with uh, viewership. But um, wanted to ask you guys, uh, uh, Swain, have you guys like have have you gotten into South Carolina like you did last week against Missouri? Um, like sort of breaking down film and. You know, are you seeing, uh, like, what, what are you seeing? I know you've mentioned a couple things. Because I'm curious, like, last week I think everyone could agree that the big key going into Missouri was making sure we had our run game uh, cranked up. You know, this week I was kind of curious what, what you think the keys to the game are for for Tennessee. Well, Tennessee can't be loose with the football in the passing game. South Carolina leads the – Leads the SEC in interceptions. They have nine. So they've been really uh, opportunistic there at, at creating turnovers. So we got to continue that. That's one thing I noticed. Uh, they did a good job of, of, in a Kentucky game, keeping themselves in it by forcing turnovers. Ali, um, their receiver, had like two turnovers in back-to-back possessions. So Carolina, Carolina has had opportunities simply because they've given it, themselves extra possessions. Uh, turning guys over. So we just got to continue to take care of the football. Uh, their running game is better than Mizzou is one thing I noticed. Uh, passing game does not scare me one bit. They got receivers dropping balls. Uh, Doty is not, you know, t- great from the pocket, but he is athletic. You know, Ben mentioned it in the first segment, but he's not his normal self as far as his wheels. He got a little flat there because he had a foot injury. So, you know, how much will he be willing to run? Uh, I'm not sure, but that – that may be where Carolina is, is able to have some success uh, against Tennessee is, is Doty running. I just don't see how they're going to beat us from the pocket, to be honest, unless their offensive line gives Doty uh, a tremendous amount of time, allowing those receivers to find themselves open. But they've struggled with drops um, defensively. 
watching those guys, it'll be a, a bigger challenge because they got a couple pass rushers that will play on Sundays. Uh, and they have one that might be a first-rounder. And so uh, that's what I've noticed so far uh, on a Wednesday, Justin. Okay. All right, cool. Well, hopefully the uh, you know we, we've got a real good crowd. I'm actually heading up for the game myself, and uh, uh, I'm going to hang up and listen to the rest of the show. But pre- appreciate your, your input and your take, man. Talk to you guys soon. Bless us. Bless us, Justin, with your presence this weekend. <laughs> Yeah, but you you, 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 you do sound a little sad this morning, man. I am. Baseball season is over for me. You can cheer for the White Sox. Uh, no. What's wrong, man? You don't, I thought you was. I thought you got on me about being a good friend. You can't be a good friend and cheer for the White Sox now that your team is donezo. I'm not going to be rooting against the White Sox, which is the difference between you and I. If I had to pick a team. In the AL to root for, it would be the White Sox. Definitely don't want the Rays or the Red Sox to win. Or the Astros. Sure as heck don't want the Astros. So yeah. definitely pulling for the White Sox out of the AL. I guess if I had to pick who would win the World Series, it'd be the Braves. You know, I'd, I'd, you know pick, I'd pick them, but, yeah, I, I don't see them winning. They had too much drama in their bullpen to, to win a World Series. Too inconsistent as well. But I, I guess if I, the, the Braves or the, the White Sox would be the two teams. I My aunt and uncle live in St. Louis. They're Cardinals fans, so I wouldn't mind seeing the Cardinals win. They have a big game tonight against the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah, uh-oh. And that, that'll be another big night for baseball. Two of the pr- premier brands playing in a, a one-game playoff. Justin Batter talked up. about baseball needing more of those games and – the, like the Red Sox Yankees games, and we got one tonight. Cardinals, Dodgers. That'll that should be a fun one. Adam Wainwright versus Tony Vitello's boy Max Scherzer. So I, I guess I'm Garrett Crochet and the White Sox. I'd like to see him have success. And the White Sox are fun to watch with Tim Anderson, even though he is a, a Turd Town boy. He's a Bama boy. Feels weird rooting for him. Don't I don't necessarily root for him, but Come I don't on. dislike him. Come on. Come on, Ben. My, my favorite Talk player for the, White Sox, for the White Sox. I feel it coming on. Is, uh, is Eloy Jimenez. Yeah. I yeah. like him and Jose Abreu. Luis Roberts, their young center fielder, is fun. Keep on. Keep on. No, I'm not. I'm not. I want the Braves. If I had to pick a team to win the rest of the way, it'd be the Braves. What about the AL? AL team? AL team, I'd pick the White Sox. Yeah. There we because go. Because I, I there hate we the go. Red Sox. I hate the Astros, and I hate the Rays. There so, you go. <laughs> by default, I want to see the. The White Sox make it. Finally becoming a good friend. There we go. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I flipped to the uh, Yankees-Red Sox game last night about, I think it was the fifth ending, and the Red Sox was up 3-0. It was over in the first. I was like, it'll be rough in the morning. Gary Cole gets paid $30 million a year, over $30 million a year, signed over a three hundred. Million dollar contract and can't get through three innings. Sorry, man. Can't get through three innings with the season on the line. Only my team is capable of pulling off something of that stupidity level. And then, then yeah, John Carlos Stanton hit two balls that were like two feet from almost going over the wall, which would have had a 
tie game in the sixth or seventh inning until Verdugo hit the double with the bases loaded. Just stupid luck last night. Garrett Cole sucked as well. Just the Yankees suck. My team suck. Life sucks. Listen, man, I wasn't going to mention anything about the Yankees winning or losing. Or any, I, I wasn't going to mention anything about the game. It's Justin's fault. <laughs> Justin brought it up. It's all good. It's 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 part of it. I knew it was going to get brought up. It it is what it is. I'm 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 not too happy this morning. Justin was nice about it too. So Justin is very nice because yeah, Justin was, is a great great person. Yeah, he was nice about it. Um, ATL VFL says, "How are we looking on the injury front this week?" I Means there's a theme here. It's too early in the week. To truly know about guys who are just banged up from the previous week and their conditioning, their condition, coach staff are not are not going to divulge that information. So unless it's like obvious, like a Cooper Mays, where you know he's limping on one foot against Florida, then we're not going to get a lot of updates. So just go back and just go back and look at the previous weeks. When have we gotten a real, real update on guys that were day-to-day on a Wednesday or Tuesday or Monday? We just don't. Now, Heupel, after the Florida game, talked Thursday about Hendon Hooker. He had the sprained neck, but that was Thursday. That was Thursday. Now, well, and that, that was all gamesmanship. I, I think it's pretty clear that all those – Hooker comments about, oh, I don't know if his availability. Uh, I think it's in question. Him saying well, that last of, Monday, it's gamesmanship. Some of, some of, I mean, it's, you ever had a sprained neck before? Mm-mm. <laughs> it, man, yeah, you sprain your neck one day. The next day or two, you you got to turn your whole body to look at somebody. I I've mean, had you, a crick in my neck from sleeping wrong on it. Well, take that and times about ten. And so, if you go look at how Hinton got hit against against Florida. You can see how, A, he didn't, you know, I thought he had a concussion. Uh, B, definitely a sprain in his neck. So I can see a little bit of both, gamesmanship and the fact that Hinton was probably uh, a lot more sore at the beginning of the week, and it got better towards the end. But my point is, you're just not going to get a lot of details on injuries on a Wednesday. You're just not. Uh, let's go back to the phones. And Dave Tona. What is up, Dave Toner? What's going on? What's up, my man? Um, I just wanted to call and tell Ben something. Oh boy. Can I? Yes. Go ahead. Na 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 na. Hey hey hey. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah yeah. And yeah. I feel bad for doing that, Swain, because he was just really nice to me on the phone when he answered. I'm always nice. <laughs> you're so you're so kind, Dave Tona. Hey, Red Sox are my baseball team. This is new information. No, nah, my uh, no, I've been a Red Sox fan. Uh, one of my best friends growing up up in Pittsburgh pitched for the Red Sox. Ah, that makes sense. Yep, yep. I hope he got shellacked by the Yankees. Let me guess, you were a Yankees fan t- about fifteen, twenty years ago. I hate the Yankees. Just like- All they do is try to buy championships. It's the benefit of having more money than everybody else. Yeah, that money didn't do too much yesterday. Uh-oh. Nope, nope, nope. No, it did not. Bloop. 
You know why? Because this team, unfortunately, was homegrown, and all the homegrown talent sucks. Gary Sanchez has turned into a bum. Hey, man. Labor Torres has turned into a bum. Choosing, choosing violence, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, look at look at my Pirates. We, we haven't we haven't you're been a Pirates. You just said you were the Red Sox fan. Oh, wait a minute, no, 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 no. Yes, growing yes, yes, up, yes, yes. Growing up in Pittsburgh, I was a Pirates fan. But you, the Pirates, the Pirates is nothing but a Major League Baseball feeder team. Somebody gets good, they let them go. Correct. You are right. But you Very can't sit here and claim the money. Red Sox and then revert back to saying, my Pirates. That that would still uh, imply that you're still a Pirates fan. Try to clean it up with the no, childhood. Listen, the childhood. Listen, at one, listen, my buddy pitched for the Red Sox the year that the, the Red Sox broke the curse. And I have followed them since then. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't care. I don't watch too much baseball anymore, man. That they make too much money. They don't play for the love of the game. They play for the money. Did you see TJ Watt's contract? Yeah, it's a lot of money. It's not. <laughs> it's not. What? What did? What did A Rod used to make? Like five hundred thousand dollars per bat. Uh, look when he signed. Baseball you know players I mean? make stupid money, but baseball players aren't the only athletes making stupid money. I think they make the most stupid money. Well, the, the difference is the sport that they play. With football, teams aren't willing to guarantee money because of the likelihood that players get hurt, whereas baseball, there's there's not that same likelihood. If If you could not risk injury as much as you do in football, football players would be making more money than anybody else. Yeah, the only thing that I've ever given baseball players credit for on making the money is they have a immensely long season. Oh, Daytona. I'm going to break. Sound like Daytona hating on the baseball players because they're making some money. I'm going to break. Why are you hating on them because they're making money? Can folks not make a little bit of money? If you hate a sport where guys making money and think they don't play for the love of the game, and you can you can look at basketball, football, you can't do that because you get yourself hurt. Hate the game, not the player. Man, they ain't trying to clean up the whole. Well, girl, growing up, nah, 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 nah. You didn't say that. You said my my pirates. No, 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 no. You ain't slick. You know you messed up, right? You know you didn't mess up, Daytona. We caught you. We caught you, Daytona. Red Sox, Pirates. Next week it's going to be the Braves and the Tampa Bay Rays. We get the that's going to be the Cardinals and the Astros. <laughs> oh, man. Love me some Daytona, man. We caught you today, Daytona. You ain't slick. Swing event. Be right back. I'm Vince Moore, wide receiver, BFL 1991, and you're listening to The Swain Event. J.C.'s Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. 
They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42st.com or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street, brand, strategy, design. When I made the move to my own studio, I was worried about this. I was worried about that. I was worried about, hey, did I get this piece of equipment? Did I get that piece of equipment? Does that sound good? Does that not sound good? One thing I didn't have to worry about, that was office furniture, because Office Furniture Outfitters met my furniture needs. With a 50,000 square foot facility, they have East Tennessee's largest selection and are the best value for new and used office furniture. Located in Knoxville, it's easy to find everything you need for your new space, including desks, file cabinets, chairs, conference tables, and more. Office Furniture Outfitters is turnkey. They came to my place, we mapped everything out that was needed, they delivered, and get this, set everything up. To learn more about what Office Furniture Outfitters can do for you, log on to OFONOX.com. That's OFONOX.com. At Iris Networks, we know that business communication solutions are critical to your success. Since 1998, we've been helping businesses in East Tennessee by providing reliable and affordable high-speed fiber internet and voice solutions. That's why Iris Networks is your Tennessee communications partner. With internet speeds up to 100 gigs and work-from-anywhere solutions like mobile apps, video conferencing, and file sharing, we make sure you can stay connected to your customers and great communities we live and work in. Iris Networks, because just like you, Tennessee is our home.
Time for a round the SEC. Ben McKee, Jason Swain, Low T Center Studio. We are live. All right, Ben, what, what do we have for around the SEC? Not a whole lot. It hasn't been that newsworthy of a week. Just with everybody, it feels like everybody's attention is on Urban Meyer right now. Dan Mullen's been in the news, but I think every college football coach who lost over the weekend is thankful for Urban Meyer, particularly the one who claims his his old job. I did find it interesting that uh, Jerry Palm updated his SEC bowl game projections, and he has Tennessee making the Duke's Mayo Bowl versus North Carolina. That'd be a good matchup. Yeah, Tennessee should get to uh, a bowl game, be bowl eligible, and I think at this point Tennessee would play in a bowl game because they have not self-imposed. I think if if Tennessee was going to self-impose a bowl ban, it it would have already happened. And quite frankly, I don't know how you feel about it, Swain, but at this point I'm cool with just letting it ride out. We, We fired all those people. Let that be... Your, your body of work of, of showing that you're sorry for what happened. Don't don't punish these current players. The the players that got Tennessee in trouble are gone. Don't don't punish the current ones. I'm not saying that everybody left that that was involved, but I agree with you. Let let these guys play in a bowl game, and assuming they take care of business this weekend, they they will get to six because you get. South Carolina would, would be your fourth to get to four and two, and then you still have South Alabama and Vanderbilt on the schedule. So that's six right there. And then all of a sudden you, you get into a conversation about splitting Ole Miss and Kentucky. And I know some people aren't going to want to hear that comment, but I, I think it would be a win if Tennessee splits those two games, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're talking about a seven and five season and Josh Heupel's first year with all the depth issues and injury issues. Uh, a lack of talent at certain positions, I I would call that a huge, huge success. I mean, he would he he should be mentioned for you know, SEC Coach of the Year. He would win it, but he should be mentioned if Tennessee goes seventy five after everything that's taken place in the last couple of months. I mean, eight four would have. I mean, that would have been that would be, that would have been fabulous. But you know, seventy five. Um, just remarkable when you look at seventy-one scholarship numbers. Mm-hmm. It just—if you would have told me, it. if you would have given me the option of seven and five or letting it play out before the season, I would have taken seven and a five, seven and five in a heartbeat. Would you have if yeah. I if I gave you the option seven and five or let it play out? What option would you take? Are you going to risk the seven and five for a potential eight or nine win season? Or are you going to are you going to take the seven and five on the spot? If you say it like that, I'm going to risk it all, baby. <laughs> I'm going to risk it all. If you if you worry like that, I'm risking it, man. I'm risking it, man. Going all in. Put my chips all into the middle, baby. Let's go. Put it all on orange. There's no orange on the tables. Red or black, but. Oh, how about I put it on black? Yeah, put it on black. Since, you know, black jerseys are being sold at Alumni Hall. I went by there yesterday. Had to, had to get a look for myself. You want to go by 
had to go see for myself. Actually, that's not what I went. I went because I want to hook up the Gus's crew that cooks. My guys back there that fry up all the chicken. So I went by Alumni Hall and um, got them a couple orange Tennessee volunteer T-shirts. Just tell tell them thank you. That's that's why I was I went by Alumni Hall yesterday, and then when I was there. I saw the black jerseys being, ooh, they sweet. They're sweet. Did you get one? Nah, I'm good. Why? I don't wear jerseys. You wear a Tony Vitello baseball jersey. It's different. It's different. Baseball jerseys, I like baseball jerseys. I can wear those. I can't wear football jerseys like that. I'm going to get you a, uh, a White Sox jersey for Christmas to go with your White Sox hat if you don't lose your hat by then. No, I should be good. I should be good. I should be good to go. I can wear baseball jerseys. But I, basketball jerseys, no go. I'm 37 years old, so I don't wear those anymore. And then um, football jerseys, meh. Back in the day, I used, to, I used to wear the throwback jerseys. Back when they were hot in the music videos. But now, eh. But I did see all the number one black jerseys. In Jersey- the first... Jerseys are still popping, just not for 39-year-olds. Yeah, not for 37-year-olds. Um, but I thought about getting one for, for the kiddos. So they had Valus Jones and Trayvon Flower jerseys at Alumni Hall? Sure. They sure did. I mean, they, they're going to be the only ones that wear, wear black, right? Yeah, I mean, if you, want, if you want to say it like that, yeah. Who was number one on the 9 Tennessee team that – that played South Carolina in the black jerseys. You don't know off the top of your head. I don't know. Number one? Mm-mm. You might have to Google that one. You should, though. It's kind of right after you. Nope. I don't. You got it? Uh, It's not an order. Are you kidding me? Come on, Ben. I've got the roster. They just didn't put it in order. Mm-mm. Number one. They have one. Brandon oh, Warren. Brandon Warren. I'm tripping. But he's not, even listen, he's not even listening on the UT Sports, but he wore number one. Lane took it away from him a time or two. But it was Brandon Warren. Transfer from Florida State from Alcoa. Mm-hmm. Seven catches, 54 yards, two touchdowns in four games. Yeah, I hate that, man. I hate that he was more successful away from Tennessee than he was here at Tennessee. Um those distractions, man, they get you every time. Um, how about Ali Lane, though? He played at UNA? Tra- yeah, I guess he transferred from Tennessee. Huh. Transferred from Tennessee to North Alabama. Yeah, yeah home of Lamonte Turner, right? Uh, and uh, Right now, the home of Lamonte Turner and is D. Beckwith. Poland. D. Beckwith. Home of D. Beckwith. Yes. Florence. That's right. Eight six five two hundred fifty five zero three. Uh, who do we have? Nate Evaldi. Excuse me. Nate Evaldi, who was the starting pitcher for the Red Sox last night. Hello, Going Nate. On, Good morning. What's going on, boys? Hey, man. Hey. Frank, I get a little uh, wild card talk in. Yeah, go for it. Man, I, I got to rub it in a little bit, but I I, I won't be a fair weather fan because. Um, Last time the Yankees came up to Fenway, 
uh, I've already got rocked. So I was a nervous wreck last night. I ain't gonna lie. Um, and then also, if that's anywhere else besides the monster, those stamping bombs, they're gone. Yep. Yep. Uh, so I'm going to be fair weather to you. I ain't going to rub it in too much, man. <laughs> it's uh, all good. It's a it's a big win. I'd be ecstatic had the Yankees pulled it off. So I, I don't blame you feeling the way that you do. Enjoy it. And then he pulled – I felt – I mean, not really, but I felt like he pulled Avaldi a little bit too early. But I was it stunned. Worked out. I, I, I did not like that move from a Red Sox perspective. Avaldi Av- was cruising. He was only at 71 pitches when he – when he pulled him, and I hate the new age of baseball where your starter gets in trouble once and then they got to pull him. Like, he's been cruising all game. One guy finally got on base. Like, he's fine. Let him keep going. I don't know, man. I and then, because our, our bullpen's been suspect all through. But it I, worked out. I was excited as a Yankees fan when he pulled Avaldi, if, if that tells you anything. I, I would have been too, for sure. Uh, but I get a little football talk in, too. Uh, y'all feel like uh, finally for the first time we got a coach that maybe won't take the foot off the gas? Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Uh, I love get out of here, boys. Y'all have a good one. Hey, yeah, thank you. Love the show. Thank you. What's crazy is like he kind of did take the foot off the gas there in the second half, and, and Missouri still couldn't. Stop it. Well, just, I mean, it was run play after run play after run play after run play. And they were they couldn't letting, stop letting, it. letting the – I mean, the, to me, if, if Josh Heupel isn't going tempo in that situation, that's him taking his foot off the gas. Missouri just still could not stop them even after they stopped going up tempo. Because and Hooker got to a point where he was just sitting there standing, staring at the sideline for 20, 25 seconds. So he, he somewhat took his foot off the gas. But they were still – they still have the starters in, into the fourth quarter. Well, I think – I'm glad you mentioned that because I think he was trying to help the defense out. There was times in the Florida game that he didn't go as fast as he could have went, and we wasn't up three, four touchdowns like we were against Mizzou. So, remember, Josh Heupel, the whole point of the tempo – not the whole point. One of the points of the tempo is that – you you force the defense to declare what they want to do. So you are control. You are the dictator. You get up to the line of scrimmage, they get all set up, oh, 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 and then you just kind of slow it down. You are in control. They're waiting on you. I think that's very telling of this, of this tempo. Defense, they're not the aggressors. Aggressors. So I, I thought maybe Hypo took his foot off the gas a little bit in the fourth quarter. But, I mean, at some point, defense, you got to stop it. Marcus Pierce put up the put up the 60, the 60 burger. Mm-hmm. And it was just a simple running play. He outran an SEC defense as a walk-on. Yep. So, I, we have a coach that I don't have to worry about schematics offensively. Not to worry about it, because I know he's going to draw it up. He's going to get guys open. The only thing I worry about is can he recruit. That's the only question I have right now. Will he be able to recruit? Because he can coach. He can coach offense. And as long as he has 
the defensive staff, he leaves him alone. It's been working. Hey, I have no worries about in-game coaching. Not saying that in-game coaching won't be perfect or you won't have a situation where a call is made that doesn't work or it's bad. But I'm not entering the game questioning whether we're going to put dudes in position to go score. If we're going to coach guys up, I don't have that worry. My only concern is can we get more players? That's my only concern, and that's a legitimate concern. I'll be curious to see if Saturday's result against Missouri, paired with with a win over South Carolina, and Tennessee four and two going into Ole Miss next week, a game that will be hyped up, night game in Neyland, Lane coming back to town, what that does for recruiting. Because I think that Tennessee should start picking up some buzz on the recruiting trail with with names even in-state that maybe didn't give Tennessee the time of day prior to some success on the field by Josh Heupel. So I'll be curious to see if, if Tennessee is able to, to pick up some steam there. Let's get to the Theoretically, fo- it should. Oh, sorry. yeah. yeah I just no. want to add that last bit. Uh, let's get to the phones. Let's get to uh, Hillbilly Bopper. Hillbilly Bopper, good morning. Good morning, Swain. How are you this morning? Man, I'm wonderful. Ben? I'm wonderful. How are you? Doing all right. Ben, I was calling to check and see if uh, Judge made it home yet. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh, well, he's almost like Freddie Freeman. When Freddie Freeman runs, he runs like he's got a fridge on his back, man. It's just like got to get there sometime. But, no, man, sorry about your loss, Ben. I know it's no, growing too this week, you know, starting off Sunday and today. So I, I got to hope my Braves pull something off too. So. Oh, with, 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 with as much as you've been tweeting, you better hope that the Braves pull something off. <laughs> because uh, man, I, I, I agree with what agree, Gen- <laughs> Jennifer Morris texted me and said, I want to smack talk you so bad, but I'm afraid of baseball karma. And she naturally could not help herself because three minutes later, just like you're doing, Hillbilly Bopper, she, she made a comment about, about my team. So just know that when the Braves get swept this weekend, well, it's your fault and Jennifer Morris's fault. Y'all put bad karma, Morris, bad God. baseball karma out into the universe. Well, I just have to pray to the baseball gods and see you. See if they can pull something, pull something off for us because we're going to need it like we did against St. Louis. We should have beat St. Louis, you know, a few years back. We went. I went to the first game in nineteen. That was just come on, man. You know, it's just it's baseball. That's it. It's baseball. Mm-hmm. But hey, fellas, I'm just going to real quick ask this question: How are we looking on the O line as far as <laughs> roster players this week? Are we? Are we recruiting out of the fraternity houses in Knoxville, or is it? Are we seeing some guys getting better? I know Swain. I got. I caught a little bit of your interview with uh, Mr. Mays um, the other night. I'm just trying to trying to see what what you guys see going ahead with these injuries that are. I mean, it's kind of hurting us. I know, but uh, I'll get off here, guys. Have a great day, Ben. I'll I'll try and take it easy this week. <laughs> you better hope so. What's uh um? Well, Cooper's gonna be out. And for, for you know, a little bit to get that ankle right. Uh, I don't know the stats of Kingston Harris. I'd be surprised if yeah. if he plays. So we're gonna see. That was like the a, same a, same lineup. Yeah, that was like a two to three week absence projection for Kingston, and and he's missed two games already, Florida and Missouri. So we'll we'll see if he's able to play this weekend. 
It'll be the same lineup as Missouri. Hey, it's worked. It has worked. Well, at least one game. Um, See if we can handle business on offense. I'm not expecting 60 points or 50, but let's see if we can handle business on offense and be efficient and not turn the football over. Uh, Let's take a break, and then we'll come back with Savelle Newton, former South Carolina Gamecock receiver, quarterback, Mr. Do-It-All for Spurrier, and uh, talk about the South Carolina game and this program and this matchup coming up. Stay with us.